The Rambam's choice of words is always very precise, so that makes you wonder why he calls the laws of the Beis Hamikdash Hilchos Beis Habechira, not Hilchos Beis Hamikdash. Especially considering that the other subsequent halachas he does refer to it as the Beis Hamikdash. The Rambam wants us to know something about the nature of the Beis Hamikdash, how Hashem chose not only the location as he did in the Mishkan Shiloi, but actually chose the building itself to be a special place. That tells us a difference between how Korbanos are brought in the Beis Hamikdash versus Mishkan Shiloi, and why it is that after Mishkan Shiloi, there was still the possibility of bringing a Korban on a Bama, a personal altar. That's all in this week's parasha. The responsibility, the mitzvah, to only bring a Korban in the Beis Hamikdash, and therefore, subsequently, in the Misr HaKrova Michutz HaMikdash, the prohibition against bringing a carbon outside of the Beis HaMikdash, Vos Retzach Beparasha Seinu is mentioned in our parasha. The Mishnah in Zvachim tells us the following details. This is an historical process that happened in stages. When the Mishkan was in the desert, you were not allowed to have a private Bomber anywhere else. Bole Gilgal, when they came into Eretz Yisrael and they set up the oil moed in Gilgal, then Hutra Abomis, they were allowed to have private altars again. Bole Shiloi, when they built the Mishkan in Shiloi, Nesru Habomis, they were not permitted to have bombers during that period. Then he describes what that Mishkan was like. It was a stone structure without a proper roof. That is what is referred to in the Pasuk when it says you will come to the place of rest. After 369 years when Mishkan Shiloh was destroyed, then Baal and Givon, they had a Mishkan in two places over the course of 57 years, Noiv and Givon. And during that time, Hutru Habamos, it was permitted again to bring a carbon on a private altar. But eventually, Baal Yushalayim, Nesru Habamos, after the Yidden built the base Hamikdash in Yushalayim, they were never permitted again to have Habamos. There was never again going to be the opportunity for Bamos. That's what the Pasuk refers to when it says you will come to the place of inheritance. So this is moving with Mishnah. So you can understand from this Mishnah is the Indian from Bamos. The fact that when they came to Mishkan Shiloh, they were no longer allowed to bring Bamos. There's a reason for that. It would sound from the mission that that's because it was a permanent structure as opposed to the other places that was a tent. Right? Gilgal before that was still the oil moid, which was a temporary structure. The Rambam actually tells us Shiloi is the first place that is called a house for Hashem. Therefore it has permanence. That's why you can't have Bamos at that time. So in that case, we have to understand. There's a Pasuk in Shmuel Beis that tells us, that Ebishter says, I never settled in a home. From the time I took the Eden out of Mitzrayim, until the time of the Beis HaMikdash. And in between, Ebishter was, so to speak, a, in transit in places that were temporary, and oil and a Mishkan. So that Pasuk implies, that implies that Shiloh does not have the status of a bias of a true home. Why then is it that the Rambam calls it a bias and it is forbidden to have Bamos during that time? So the easiest way to answer is it's all relative. Depends what you're referring to. If I'm making a comparison to the Mishkan in the desert, compared to that, Shiloh was much more permanent. It was a stone structure. It is considered a home. But compared to the ultimate home, the Beis Hamikdash in Yerushalayim, Shiloh is temporary and therefore called a tent. 
Okay, that's a nice explanation. However, we're talking over here about halacha. The fact that the description of Shiloi as a house is linked to a practical halacha that you may not bring a carbon on a bomber while that house is standing, that implies that Mishkan Shiloi is qualified or classified as a house, which is why it is the place, so to speak, of the rest of the Shekhinah. So we need to understand what exactly is the status of Shiloi. So let's explain as follows. We'll find that there's a single expression that is used to refer both to Mishkan Shiloi and to Yerushalayim. What is that expression? The Pasuk says you should bring a carbon to the place that Hashem has chosen. The Sifri explains to mean the same expression refers both to Shiloi and to the Beis Amikdash. Therefore, there are very similar in spite of their practical differences, one being temporary and the other permanent. We do not have that expression, a place that Hashem had chosen in reference to any of the Mishkanos that preceded it. Not even the so-called more permanent structures that were built in Noiv and Givon. So there's something unique about Shiloi and the Beis Amikdash. They are both chosen places. We're going to explore the difference between how they are chosen and what they are chosen for. So there's a clear and obvious difference between them. As long as the Mishkan was in the desert, yes, the Mishkan was in the desert and you were not allowed to have a, a private uh, altar, but that's obviously very different to Mishkan Shiloi and to the Beis Hamikdash for obvious reasons. Practically, you could only bring a carbon in the Mishkan. Nobody would suggest that the location of the Mishkan was a location chosen by Hashem. Because it didn't have a single location. The Mishkan was constantly in transit. So therefore, it's obvious that it's not the place Hashem chose. Likewise, the 14 years when the Jewish people were conquering and dividing Eretz Yisrael, you also can't say now there's a place that was chosen for Hashem. In Gilgal, when the Mishkan at that time was in Gilgal, you can't say that's the place. It's definitely temporary because we're just setting up shop. We don't yet have the principle of encampments of the Jewish people as you had in the desert, Mishkan the Machna Shechina, then the Machna Levia, and Machna Yisrael. So that obviously can't be the case. You obviously can't call that the place Hashem had chosen. When they arrive in Shiloh, now we are referring to a place Hashem had designated. Here is a stone structure in a permanent place for 369 years. That is permanent, much more than anything that preceded it. So if this is the place Hashem has chosen, naturally you are forbidden to bring a carbon anywhere that's not the place that Hashem has chosen. That's why the structure had to be stone, a more permanent type of structure, which the Rambam calls a house. Because the theme of Mishkan Shiloh is Permanence. This is real. This is established. It's a place Hashem has chosen. 
Now that we know that distinction, that Shiloh is a place of permanence, it is a place that Hashem has selected as the house for the Shechina as compared to Noiv and Givoin and Gilgal, so that will help us to understand why it is that, yes, it was there were times that they were allowed to use Bamois, but it's different when you're talking about the time the Mishkan was in Gilgal compared to the time after the Mishkan in Shiloh was destroyed. Why is there that difference? Let's have a look firstly at the halachic definition of Eloshin Haramba. So the first thing Rambam says is when they dismantled the three major camps of the Jewish people, and of course the 12 camps of the Shvatim, and they came into Eretz Yisrael. That records the time where they came to establish the Mishkan in Gilgal. The prohibition that had been in place while there was a Mishkan in the desert with the Machanois of the Eden around it, the prohibition against Bamois now ceased. And at that point, it became permissible for anybody who wants to use a private altar exactly as before there had ever been a Mishkan in the desert. In other words, the Heta Krova is the way the Rambam is describing it automatically by virtue of the fact that we don't have the setup of the Jewish camp as in the desert and we haven't yet established the new Jewish homeland. So therefore, naturally, the prohibition against Bamois automatically falls away. The Rambam says, because just as there was life before the establishment of a Jewish camp where you could bring a carbon anywhere, we have now gone back to that stage because there is no Jewish settlement and therefore you're allowed to bring a carbon anywhere. So why are there bombers allowed when they come to Gilgal? Because the structure that precludes bombers doesn't exist. Now it's a completely different halachic principle when it comes to allowing Bamois after Shiloi is dismantled. That's not a natural process. We actually have to find a basis, a resource in Torah that allows Bamois at that time. We learn from the Pasuk that says that Hashem tells us, you haven't yet come to Menucha, which we already established refers to Shiloh, and Nachlo, which refers to the base Hamikdash. Why does it say two different expressions? From there we learn, Why does the Pasuk split them into two different descriptive terms? From here we learn that the Torah wanted to allow us the possibility of Bomois between Shiloi and the Beis HaMikdash. It's not natural. We have to learn it from a Pasuk. We have to have a special Heter to allow Bomois at this time. Why? Because it's not just reverting to how life was. There's now a Jewish settlement and there was a permanent structure. The fact that the Torah is telling us that we have to create a means by which you're allowed to bring Bamos between Shiloh and the Beis Amigdash, that implies to us is that by default we would have wanted to think you cannot have a Bama after Shiloh before the Beis Amigdash. That's what this limit comes to negate. Why would we think that? It's not because after Shiloh there was a Mishkan in Noiv and Givoy and there was a settlement. 
Rather, we would have thought the problem, the issue over here is as Then when they reached Shiloh and built that Mishkan there, is bottle given Klolus Inyan Habamas. We would have thought that would have ended the possibility ever of bringing a bomber. And that's what the Pasuk has to indicate to us. Well, you would have thought Shiloh is the end of the age of Bamois. Actually, there is a loophole. There is a possibility to have a bomber. You can hear this in the language Rashi uses when he comments on the Gemara. How do we know? In other words, where's the source in the Torah that it is permissible to have Bamois? After Shiloh had been destroyed, implying that the assumption is Shiloh neutralized the possibility of Bamois. Now that we have identified that our thinking would have been that the minute there is Shiloh, you may never have a bomber ever again. Question is, why would you have thought that way? It goes back to what we've already mentioned. By building the Mishkan in Shiloh, it created a place, a location of holiness. Remember, the Mishkan in the desert didn't have a location of holiness. So you dismantle that system, and now you're not locked into a specific location anymore, and you can bring an Obama anywhere. But during Gilgal, there's no location yet of holiness, so you can have a Obama anywhere. But Shiloh made a location of holiness. So whether or not that location is viable at the moment, you have negated the possibility of other locations, right? So, that's the place Hashem chose. That automatically neutralizes the possibility of alternatives. Then after the fact, when Shiloh is no longer functional, we need a special derivation from the Torah to allow Bamois again, because by rights they should not be allowed because there's a holy place and you should only use that holy place. If that's the case, now we have to distinguish between the holy place called Shiloh and the holy place called the Beis Amikdash. We need to understand. If it's true that the place Hashem has chosen refers equally to Shiloh, then why is it that only the Beis Amikdash is given the name Beis Abichira, which means the place chosen by Hashem? Why don't we use that or a similar expression to describe the Mishkan Shiloh, which the Pasuk says is the place Hashem had chosen? Therefore, we must conclude that despite the fact the Pasuk designates Shiloh as a place chosen by Hashem, there's a big difference between how Shiloh was cho- chosen and how Yerushalayim or the Beis Hamikdash was chosen. What is that difference? The answer to that lies in our parasha where there are two different times that the Torah tells us about the responsibility we have to bring a carbon in a holy place. One of them will illustrate the nature of, Sh- of Shiloh, the other the nature of the Beis Hamikdash and how they are fundamentally different. Initially, the Pasuk tells us, Don't behave this way towards Hashem. In other words, don't uh, offer to Hashem in any place you choose. Rather, you have to go to the place that Debesh has chosen. Seek out Hashem Shechina, come to that place, and bring your Korbanus to that place. 
What's the Pasuk telling us? Don't sacrifice anywhere. Only sacrifice where Hashem tells you. That's the first Pasuk. The next state later on, there's a different Pasuk that says, and Gomer, you'll cross the yard. Gomer, and Abishta will take care of your enemies. And then, there will be a place that Abishta will choose to place his Shechina. Once he chooses that place, then you bring your Korbanus to that place. Very different angle. It's not, don't bring bat come here. This is, here's the place, come to this place. Sifri and Rashi both point out, the first Pasuk is referring to Shiloh, and the second Pasuk referring to the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim, telling us really what the difference between the two of them is. So what's the difference? Well, let's first look at a different nuance in the difference between the two psukim. It will help us as well. In the Meshner Pasuk, it says, how had Goshefen mentioned? The first pasuk, which we now say refers to Shiloi, is speaking to the person, them gavra. It's telling us what to do. You have to bring your korbanos to this place. Whereas the second pasuk is emphasizing the location. Shoma to that place, emphasis. You bring your korbanos. Why that difference between focusing on the person, the practitioner, or the location. That's because there, are, there is a very significant difference between the two psukim and their message. In the erste psukim, on the first psukim, which we say refer to Shiloi, start off with what you may not do. Don't bring a carbon just anywhere. Now, if the Torah is telling us there's a prohibition, don't bring a carbon anywhere, then it has to tell us, so what's the alternative? So the Pasuk says, well, you should only go to the place Hashem has designated. In other words, the thrust of this Pasuk is, when the Ebesha chose this place, which we now know is Shiloi, is Mudgash as Demitvet Bavontem Isaf from Makrivzan Korbonois Bechol Mokim is aligned with and associated with a prohibition. Don't bring Korbonis everywhere else. Therefore, Hashem chooses a place for you. In other words, the fundamental issue is you shouldn't bring a Korban anywhere, just anywhere. Therefore, what are we going to do about it? We're going to make a place called Shiloi. Now, So, to negate the possibility of bringing a carbon in the wrong place, we choose the right place, and that's going to be Shiloi. The second Pasuk comes from a completely different angle, the opposite angle. The Pasuk starts with what you have to do. Debeshe is going to choose a place. That's going to be the holy place where the Shina will be. And as a result of it being a holy place, you have to bring Karbonus to that place. But that's the exact opposite. It's not that you need a place to bring Karbonus because you're not allowed to bring them just anywhere. It's because this is a holy place. Therefore, you're supposed to bring your Karbonus to that place. Therefore, is moving, which helps us to understand. Yes, Shiloh is a place chosen by Hashem. But what Hashem chose about Shiloh is altogether different to what Hashem chose about the Beis Amigdash. How so? 
By Shiloh is given to Bechira in Demokim. With Shiloh, what Hashem chose was this geographical location. And that was not blois viati itself from the Iser lahakti l'shamayim b'chol mokim. Why did he choose a geographical location? Because Hashem had already limited us from bringing carbonis in other locations. So therefore, he chose a location to bring those carbonis. So to put it into different words, why is there a shiloi? For a reason. What's the reason? We need a place because we're not allowed to bring a carbon in any place we choose. Shalayim is a completely different principle. The Ebishter chose your Shalayim not because of technical reasons we need a place, because the Ebishter loves or prioritizes your Shalayim. Now, as Dosel Zayim, it came Ashras Shchinasi is Baruch. This is what Ebishter fundamentally, intrinsically wants the Shchina to be. And because this is the place the Ebishter has chosen to manifest his Shechina, naturally this is the place you bring Karbonois. Or to put it differently, Why did Hashem choose a place of Shiloh to allow Yidin the possibility, that they could have a place where they could bring Karbonois? Because you're not allowed to bring Karbonois everywhere. So let's make a place so the Yidin can do this. So it's not willy nilly all over the place as during the time of Bamos. But the choice of Yerushalayim as a holy place, that's so to speak the Ebishter's need. That the Ebishter chose a particular place where he will manifest his Shechina eternally. Oh, and then as a result of that, we bring Karbonos to that place. Now that we see that difference between what motivates the choice of Shiloh, practical need, and what motivates the choice of Yerushalayim, this is what Ebishter wants his Shechina, that clarifies what Hashem chose in each instance. Now that we know that the purpose of choosing Shiloh as a destination for the Shechina is to facilitate bringing Karbonis, we need a place where we can bring Karbonis. So that's exactly what we need. Choose a place. Here's the location to bring your Karbonis. So the place where Mishkan Shiloh will be is relevant. The structure itself is actually not so relevant. But with Yerushalayim, David chooses Yerushalayim because he chooses Yerushalayim, not because he has to choose a place. In that choice, David is not only choosing the location, but also the structure that will be in that location. The fact that the Ebishter chose this place for his Shechina forever is moving as So something happens over here. The house, the structure, the base Amigdash becomes the channel to allow the Shechina into the place. The house is chosen. It's a base Habechira. And you'll see that in the language used by the two psukim. When describing Shiloh, the Pasuk tells us, 
It's a place they chose Losum Eshmoishom, that he will place his name in that location. Whereas Yerushalayim is described as the place that Ibishta has chosen and therefore manifest his name. The Torah is not highlighting that Hashem chose the place no, in Losum Eshmoi. He just needed somewhere to place his name to manifest his Shechina. Whereas the Torah emphasizes that when it comes to Yerushalayim, Hashem has chosen the place. Yerushalayim is now inherently valuable. That's why the Rambam calls this section of Halacha that describes the laws of the Beis Amikdash as the laws of the chosen structure, the chosen home. Even though, look at the beginning of the halachis, in the headline of Beis Abichira, where the Rambam always explains what the halachis are about, and he lists which mitzvahs apply in these laws. Straight away, the Rambam tells us that the mitzvah is to build a Beis Abichira. He doesn't then call it Beis Abichira. So these are the laws of Beis Abichira. It's a mitzvah to make a Beis Abichira. Sounds a little bit strange. Same thing in the halachas. Gleich in der erste halacha bringt der Pasuk Vasuli Mikdash. The first introductory source in Torah that the Rambam uses for the mitzvah to build a base Mikdash calls it a Mikdash. Und nicht der Pasuk, wo es steht der Loschen von Bechiri. He doesn't quote the Pasuk Vamokim Asher Yivchar or something like that. They would highlight the name he's given to these halachas, Beis Abichira. Not only that, noch mehr. All the subsequent halachas that deal with other details of the Beis HaMikdash, he calls those sections Mikdash. So why then is the first section called Hilchos Beis HaBechira? Because the Rambam wants to highlight that the great insight and innovation about the Beis HaMikdash is Beis HaMikdash is Bechira Sakadosh Baruch that Abisha chose not only the place, but the building to be a permanent structure of holiness. And that, of course, is highlighted in the fact that not only is the location a chosen location, like Shiloh, but the building is a chosen building, Beis Bechira. Rambam. Now let's go back to the expression the Rambam used. Once the base Hamikdash was built, it became forbidden to make any other place to sacrifice to Hashem. If it's true that we've pointed out that the big deal of the base Hamikdash is it's a place that Hashem has chosen. And then the Rambam should have said, Once the Beis Olamim, once the Beis Amikdash was chosen as a place, then it became forbidden to bring elsewhere. Because isn't that the whole point of here, that they should chose a place? In fact, that's the expression of the Mechilta. That's actually the expression the Mechilta uses. And the Rambam changes the language from what would appear to be his source, the Mechilta, and he talks about once the Beis Hamikdash was built, that's when it is forbidden to bring carbonos elsewhere. Well, now we understand why. 
As I know, there are two proteins in the Bechira B'Migdash Sheb Yerushalayim. There are actually two phases, two elements to the choice of the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. Here they are in Zayin Zman and they play out in two different periods. The Bechira B'Mekoyim HaMikdash, first of all, the Ebishter chose the place. Shebahara Moiriya. That occurred long ago. That occurred at the time of Avram, Yitzchok, and Yaakov. That's why, as the Rambam tells us, this was already a location that Avram identified to build a Mizbech. It's a place where he offered Yitzchak as an offering. And it's a place where Noyach brought an offering and Adam Arishan, etc. With Rambam is Mavorian Perikbeis, as the Rambam explains. Because initially it is Hamokoy Mashenir, Ashi Yivchar. On the Bechira in the Baiskuf, and the next step is in addition to choosing the place, Haramaria, similar to the fact that Debishta chose Shiloi, then Debishta also chose the actual base Hamigdash. That only comes into play when the base Hamigdash is actually built. Which not only realizes the value of the structure, but it elevates the value of the place the structure is on. Now Har Habayis is even more valuable than it was in the time of Avram and Yitzchak and Noach, etc. That's why it's only from the time the Beis Hamikdash stands on the Har Habayis that it becomes forbidden to bring a carbon anywhere else. Of course, we know that Avram Avinu brought a carbon on Har Hamaria, but not only on Har Hamaria. And that's why you'll see the sources that the Rambam brings to back this up are these psukim. This is the house for the Ebishter and the Mizbech that accompanies it. Because the Rambam wants to highlight that it's not only the location that is chosen to be holy and special, but the building on that location that is chosen to be holy and special. And the Ebishter says, this is my permanent place of Rest or settlement. That second pasuk actually helps us appreciate why the Ebishter chose not only the location but the building as well. Because as we've already mentioned, the Ebishter didn't choose Yerushalayim because technically the Jews needed a place to bring a carbon, but rather because this is his place. Once we know this is Debishta's place, it helps us to appreciate that it's not only the location that is valuable, there has to be the place that houses the Shina that is key to this place. The base Amigdash is actually the key value. And that goes back to why when the Pasuk is describing what you do in Mishkan Shiloh, it says you bring the Karbonis there. The Torah opens the discussion with our requirement to bring a Karbon. And of course it tells us there is a place to which we bring Whereas when the Pasuk describes Yerushalayim, first it talks about the place and then tells us to come to that place. Because there's a place of holiness, therefore you bring your carbon there. The fact that you have to bring a carbon during the time of Mishkan Shiloh 
into Shiloi, that's a personal responsibility. Because the Jewish people have a responsibility to sacrifice. And later the Torah says, not only do you sacrifice, but you have to bring into a specific place. So you have a responsibility. It needs a place. Therefore, the Ebesha chooses a place. Shiloi. And if there is that place now designated, you may not bring a carbon anywhere else. Let's say that a little differently. Because you're not allowed to bring a carbon anywhere else, therefore once there's Shiloi, that becomes the place that excludes everywhere else. Whereas Shiloi is not that the Jews need a place to bring a carbon, but the Ebesha has selected the ultimate manifestation of Shechina in Yerushalayim and specifically in a structure, a bias, Beis HaBechira, as the Shloim has the mitzvah krova dot and hachak of kolak karbonis be Beis HaBechira, is like mitzadam chefza from karbon. Now you realize that the requirement to bring a karbon there is not only because you, the person, have to bring a karbon in a place, but because the karbon can only be brought in that place. But Bizeyum took the Lushena Rambam in Sefer Hayad by the mitzvah krova be Beis HaBechira, that gives us a nice insight into the Rambam's language. Where the Rambam does not begin the laws of, of, um, of bringing carbonus by saying there's a mitzvah to bring a carbon. Now, mitzvah carbonus, he switches around. He talks about the carbon has to be brought. Which implies, as the chiv to makrifs and dikabonis dafke dort, the fact that there's a mitzvah to bring a carbon specifically in the base amigdash is nit nor atnai in oifen akrava mitzadne makriv gavra. It's not just one of the requirements I have as the sacrificer that this is how I have to do it. No, ich mitzadne kabonis chefta. It's actually intrinsic to the carbon. The carbon can only be a carbon in this place. Why is that? Because the Ebesha has chosen a home where his Shechina will be. That home impacts and has an effect on the Karbonis, as Medav Zemakriv Zayn in Dembais, that the only suitable place to bring those Karbonis is in the Beis HaMikdash. Mitzvah Shem, we should have that opportunity. Take care, Omiyad Mamash.